Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 Weeks of Halloween. <laughs> I've officially hit punch drunk. I am ready and willing to just ruin everything. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm so tired. To, I, that's, that's not entirely true. I know why I'm tired. I just... Uh, it's like I give my body like seven hours of sleep mm-hmm. on an average night. And it's like... Why is this not enough? Why is it suddenly... Like, if my body is tired, I had the opportunity to sleep more today, but it woke me up. And it's like, if you need more, why don't you fucking take it, you piece of shit? (laughs) I am a piece of shit, and I'm telling me I'm a piece of shit. You are a little punchy right now. (laughs) I'm I'm just very cranky because my body is stupid, and I'm tired. And it's like... I've hit that point in the summer where it's like, I have gone about as far as she can go. <laughs> She's gone about as far as she can go. What's new with you, Sam? Uh, not a whole hell of a lot. I check my email every five minutes. That's pretty much that's pretty much my life. Waiting for the letters. Yes. <laughs> and you'd had a letter and you'd had a letter. <laughs> well, that's the problem is I never had a letter. <laughs> Maybe this is your night. Maybe tonight you're going to get a letter. Maybe. Although it's Sunday and it's... Well, I got a rejection letter this morning, so I mean... Did you? Yeah. From who? From an agent. Oh. Well, her loss. <laughs> I'm assuming her. I shouldn't... Uh-oh. It is. It was a her, actually. Oh. Well, she's an asshole. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. She's not an asshole. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure she's perfectly nice, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she's wonderful. I'm just being, I'm just being stupid. But... Um, yeah, you know, that's unfortunately life. I've gotten many rejection letters mm-hmm. myself, uh, mostly for appeals to tickets and tax filings. But <laughs> <laughs> my life is totally different. So uh, I'm I'm sorry that you're you're still waiting on letters. But I did read the story that you're sending out. Uh, right? Uh, well, this was for the book, actually. Oh, this is for the book. Yeah, I will say. I read the short story you wrote, Mm -hmm. um, and I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I almost wish we could put it on Patreon, but I know you're going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to try and see if someone will pay me for it first, because I would like the publication credit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, in six months, if nobody wants it, then I see no reason not to put it on Patreon. If it's on Patreon... Can you still get it published in another magazine? Probably not, because it would be previously published. Well, it's privately published, technically. Yeah, but 
You can just take it down. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, you follow the rules <laughs> a lot more than I do. I think <laughs> I'm like, eh, we're gonna we're gonna bend this as far as it'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very flexible, but when it comes to rules, I'm very flexible. Uh, I really enjoyed the short story. I hope that one day all of our listeners will get to read it because uh, it is a really great short story. It's a horror short. Yes, it is. And it's a lot of fun. Um, we should I we should send it to What's-His-Tits, <laughs> the guy who published that book. Oh, who, Unburied. Unburied, yes. Yeah. The one we reviewed on, on the podcast. Uh, because there were a lot of great stories in that book. And mm-hmm. I think that that your story would uh, be better than all of them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but I do think that your your story would be... Uh, I, I think it would be a good match for for any any of the stories in that. Thank you. I think that that uh, you are also a very talented writer and that you deserve to be talented, uh, published amongst <laughs> other talented people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what's new with you? How's your week going? It's going okay. Um, it's mostly just work. Mm -hmm. Work and like doctor's appointments, which are now happening in person and it's weirding me out. Really? Yeah. None of my doctors are having me do in-person, uh, appointments. The only in-person appointment I have is for blood work. (laughs) And I think (laughs) if they could do it virtually, they would. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, two of my doctors... This week and next week are like, no, you're coming into the office. And it's like, okay. I don't really mind it. You know, it used to be a lot scarier for me. But these days I've spent so much time in doctor's offices that it mm-hmm. doesn't really bother me. I wear my mask. Mm-hmm. I, I wash my hands. I use my my hand sanitizer. And I stay, I keep my distance from people. And, you know, knock on wood, I've been Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think if you just follow the rules, you're fine. I don't think you have much to worry about. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's not even that I'm, like, worried about COVID. It's more just it's been such a long time since mm. this was happening. Like, And I'm a person who has just a touch of social anxiety to start with. <laughs> <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. So, <clears throat> like, quarantine was kind of like my dream, whereas I don't have mm. to leave my house. I don't have to interact with people if I don't want to. Like, <laughs> if I'm being honest, it was kind of mine as well. The only part of quarantine I didn't like is that, like, I do like to go outside. I just mm-hmm. don't like to do it near people. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of nice to be stuck at home watching nothing but HGTV and eating chicken nuggets. But mm-hmm. then it it was like, oh, well, I I would like to be able to go, like out to New Hope or out mm-hmm. to Peddler's Village and just like walk around or, or you know, I'd love to go find a park and walk around there. But at the time in quarantine, like that was not a thing because yeah. no one really understood how <clears throat> transmissible it was yeah, uh, and, and how airborne it was. And so everyone was very worried about like, well, you shouldn't be out in public in any context because it's dangerous. So I I did follow the rules and I'm glad I did because I think it was worth it. But, you know, I I would say if if we could have another, I don't want another quarantine, but if we had another one, Mm -hmm. it might be a nice vacation. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? As long as nobody gets hurt. I don't want yeah. I don't want people to be getting hurt or dying. But if they said, listen, things are getting a little crazy uh, and, and I, we think we need another week, I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Uh, Meanwhile, Broadway's been dark for a year and a half and you... <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> uh, there, and... The crazy part is I have so many friends who uh, who work on Broadway and in in any context, either they're performers or they're uh, stage managers or directors or all kinds of things. Wig designers. I know so many people who work on Broadway shows and, you know, they're just like everybody else. They've just been kind of doing their best to kind of scrounge and make things happen. And that's why I get frustrated when people, you know, go so crazy on unemployment it's like no i don't think someone who's been making their living successfully in the theater should have to go work in a restaurant that's just as dangerous as working in a theater but they don't get to do the thing they love they have to serve your stupid ass you know what i mean yeah like no give them unemployment they've been paying into it so they should get it no i agree i just don't understand why it's okay for movie theaters to be open but it's not okay for like theater theaters to be open. I think it's a capacity issue because a movie theater can operate at half or a quarter capacity mm-hmm. because they're still making their their money. Right. But on Broadway, there are so many. I mean, you're paying the actors mm-hmm. and the crew and the, uh, you know, every the ushers, the house staff, you're paying them every night yeah. and, and every week. So it's like, if you're only operating at a quarter capacity, I don't think you have enough money coming in mm-hmm. for it to be sustainable. Okay. And so that's why Broadway has been closed for so long. But I will say, maybe this does speak to the fact that Broadway shows are a little too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe that's something we should look into and maybe we should stop producing them via movie studios. That's just a thought. Just a thought <laughs> on my on on my end. Uh yeah. Okay. No, I'll t- I'll take that. Cuz I'm all for like a I'm I'm all for an exorbitant looking production. Mm-hmm. But I think that in the last like 20 years, maybe 30 years, we've seen Broadway go from being impressive to spectacular Mm -hmm. and i don't mean spectacular as like oh that's phenomenal it's spectacular i mean it is a spectacle it's like a Mm -hmm. radio city music hall like christmas spectacular Mm -hmm. and it's like it doesn't have to be that broadway shows could definitely be scaled back and do not need to be produced by disney they do not need to be produced by movie studios they could definitely be operating on a much more affordable level yeah and i think that no one will have learned that by the time we're done with this (laughs) but it is a lesson that needs to be learned (laughs) well the sucky thing is is it's the ones that are produced by movie studios and disney and all that that'll come back that are the ones that are going to come back yeah i know and all the the all the smaller ones will fade away because they couldn't afford to be out for a year and a half yeah I know. And it's so disappointing. I, I, I do love that we always choose to start each episode with an uplifting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we just 
trying to keep everybody happy. A little dose of positivity yeah. in the beginning of every episode. That's what we I like to do. We need to do another for. little pot of calm. As you know, it's suggested. funny. One of the one of our Patreon listeners suggested that in our sleepover today. Yeah. They were like, they were like, we'd really love you to do another little pot of calm. And we were like, Boy, we almost had a heart attack the last time we did it. So I don't know <laughs> if that's possible. But I do. I wouldn't be mad at a little pot of calm. No, I think we're probably going to need it this fall at some point. <laughs> yeah, if not this fall, then definitely uh, sometime between now and Christmas. I think we could probably... Maybe after the 13 weeks of Halloween when we just need like a minute to catch up with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've both been under a lot of s- stress and, and doing a lot of stuff. It would be nice to just have like a little a little vent episode. <laughs> A little, little, a little, little pot of calm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we need. Uh, But anyway, yeah, I'm I'm doing okay. I, uh, I just got a new phone, which I'm very Mm -hmm. excited about, although it's throwing me for a loop because it operates seemingly very differently from my old phone. I had an iPhone 8 and I, I, I now have an iPhone 12 Pro. So uh, you can't come for me about my phone being old anymore, Jasmine Rice LaBeja. <laughs> uh, my phone is as as new as it gets, but I will say that it's like it's taken some getting used to because my my phone up until a few days ago had a home button, and yeah. I was very used to it and its functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do not have that anymore, and I'm getting used to it. For some reason, all the swipe directions have changed. <laughs> Everything feels a bit different. I, you know, every day I feel a little bit more like I'm 90. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I used to think like, how do people become adults who don't know anything? And then slowly I'm becoming that adult. And I'm like, wow, this is it. This is how I die. <laughs> This is how I become irrelevant <laughs> because I'm like this newfangled technology. Oh, and then I eat it, and I'm like, I can't, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to learn technology anymore. Even the other day, I was like, I was like pissed because <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. Uh, I was pissed because. A while back, I had complained on Facebook about the fact that movies have such disparate levels of volume. Yeah. It's like, David goes to bed long before I do Mm -hmm. in the day. And so it's like, I'll be up at like 2, 3 in the morning. And like the other night I was watching The Departed. Have you ever seen The Departed? And it's like, one minute. Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to fucking Jack Nicholson and he's like, <laughs> and you're like, uh, uh, could you fucking speak up, princess? <laughs> like, say something out loud. And then he's like, in the middle of the conversation, he's like, yeah, and then, and then all of a sudden, three guys roll in with machine guns and yeah. it's like, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And I'm I'm like bouncing volume between like 42 and 3. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> Why aren't... And I was complaining about this on Facebook. And one of our amazing former guests on the show, Roman Kimienti, mm-hmm. who uh, directed, uh, or co- I should say co-directed, Scream Queen, uh, My Nightmare on Elm Street. 
commented and was like, as someone who, uh, who edits sound for a living you have to understand that these are like this these are very specifically designed for like movie theaters and blah 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 and yada 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 and i'm like okay that does make sense and i will give you that because mm-hmm. roman is a very intelligent person a very talented person but <laughs> <laughs> movies are reformatted all the fucking time how many times have movies been reformatted and re-released and redone and re whatever and it's like you knew you were releasing this on DVD or on Blu-ray or for streaming. It's like you knew this was going to be released because the the basic premise was that like the sound function of your television is different than the sound function of mm-hmm. the the audio system in a in a movie theater. Right. And it's like, but if you know what this is being released to be viewed on a home entertainment system, yeah, why would it not be reformatted? for a home entertainment system so that the audio is not so disparate. Yeah, no, I can I can get behind that. And everyone who commented was like, oh, if you buy an audio bar, it'll do it for you. And blah, 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 blah. it's like, I don't want to spend $200 on an audio bar. I spent $1,000 on a television that should make sounds properly. <laughs> like, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to buy more shit. It was like when I bought my phone. Uh, again, I'm going to be the cranky man yelling at the sky. But <laughs> I, I I bought my phone the other day and it was like, you should know that your phone will come with a charging wire, but not an adapter. Yeah. Because we're going in our initiative, our green initiative to reduce plastic consumption. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, this has nothing to do with saving the planet. This has everything to do with you selling me a $1,200 phone and then wanting me to buy a fucking adapter so I can use it. You sons of bitches, Apple motherfuckers. I was like, you can suck the fart out of my ass right into your fucking outlet. I swear to God, I hate them. I hate Apple and I still bought the fucking phone. I still bought it. I hate me and I hate Apple. You're obsessed with her? You're obsessed with her daughter? (laughs) Easy, Geraldo. So that's my rant of the week. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you agree? Don't you think that like... The, if they're going to release things on streaming or on DVD or on Blu-ray on uh, to be viewed at home, why are they not being reformatted for a home entertainment system? I'm really not sure, especially since like up until very recently, like they reformatted the image. So I don't understand why they wouldn't reformat the audio as well. That's what I don't understand. And I'm sure that like reformatting the image is probably a bit easier than reformatting the audio, but it's like... Somebody still needs to get paid to do it. And the best part is when I wrote that original status, I was talking about that Fran Lebowitz mm-hmm. uh, uh, documentary that came okay. out on Netflix. And I was like, and Roman was saying that. And I was like, but this was released on Netflix. It wasn't yeah. even released <laughs> in theaters. It was formatted to be watched at home. <laughs> I was like, why? Why didn't anybody consider that? It makes me insane because it's like, if I fuck things up, I always have somebody there to tell me I did. And it's like the second you look at somebody else and say, it's like, they're, everybody's got an excuse. And it's like, no, it was fucked up. It's <laughs> fucked up that you're releasing 
TV shows and and movies on a streaming service that is meant to be watched at home on a home entertainment system, and it doesn't sound right on a home entertainment system. That is a failure to of 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 function. No, I agree. But I, I'm not saying that in a pointed way at Roman because I respect <laughs> Roman and I respect his ideas. But I think that this is something that sound engineers do need to come around on. Because <laughs> it's like. I'm so fucking tired. I, I can't even watch it. I can't even watch Friends on on fucking TV now because it's like one minute I'm watching the show and it's like, okay, I can comfortably have this at like a nine on my audio bar. And then the theme song starts playing and I'm like, Jesus Christ, the walls are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> it knocked all the pictures <laughs> off the wall. And I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> God forbid you're watching a war movie. Oh, my God. Or Jurassic Park. (laughs) My God, my neighbors must think I'm possessed. (laughs) Every once in a while, they just hear roaring. I actually just watched Jurassic Park the other day. Did you? I did. Just for fun? Yeah. It's always highly enjoyable. I watch it a couple times a year. I love Jurassic Park. There is something about that movie that is so magical. No, it really is. And I mean, we kind of talked about this when we did the episode on Jurassic Park. I know. But... <clears throat> Although I think we took it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should probably do that one again. We should probably <clears throat> do Jurassic Park again. We we ended up having to take it down for technical for technical reasons. But uh, maybe one of these days we'll redo Jurassic Park. Because it is just... There's something about that movie that is so fucking magical. Steven Spielberg took a book that was so fucking stupid. <laughs> And he made it magic. <laughs> I apparently just came here to shit on people today. Michael Crichton is spinning in his tired grave. Tired and cranky. I know. Glenn is up there. He's like, ah, oh, another letter of apology. Just like <laughs> Michael Crichton. I just that book. My God, that's like when I read Jaws. Mm-hmm. I was like, who read this and said, yes, this is a masterpiece. We need to make this into a movie. Because if I had read that book, I would have been like, pass. I don't know. I guess someone saw something in it. Someone at Universal was like, oh, it's a giant shark movie. Sweet. Let's do it. And then they're like, here, no one rewrite this. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, my God, it's brilliant. <laughs> Who knew there was actually a story in here? <laughs> Peter Benchley, you fucking idiot. Um, I, you know, Michael Crichton, I will say a lot of nice things about because my, I know that Michael Crichton was a sci-fi writer. And so, mm-hmm. like, I give him a little more forgiveness, even though his books, I shouldn't say books, Jurassic Park, because that is the one I've read, I found to be a little too nerdy and nonsensical, where it, <clears> as <throat> it lost a lot of the magic that the movie had. Okay. Um, Peter Benchley is just kind of a racist, homophobic dickbag. And I hope that wherever he's laying in his grave, that there are just, there is just every morning a gopher that comes and shits on it. Every single morning, Jim the gopher wakes up, brings the paper over to the cemetery, and takes I'm a just... big old honking, steamy dump on Peter Benchley. Oh my God. Tell me I'm wrong. 
You read the book. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying you have very strong feelings about this. I'm a little cranky. <laughs> a little? You're a little cranky? I've had a long day. <laughs> I've had a long day. But at least when I'm cranky, I'm an entertaining cranky. You. <laughs> I'm so happy we're doing a, a topic that you like this week. I know, thank God. I, you know, it's funny. We're, we are actually doing a topic that I'm very excited about. But for some reason, I felt the need to start the episode by shitting on everyone and everything. <laughs> I'm like, this is my favorite thing to talk about. And here's why the world is awful. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I, you know, sometimes you just need to let it out. Yeah, sometimes. But that's what that's what the little pot of calm is for. You're like you're like yeah. Sometimes not now, but sometimes. <laughs> Maybe later. How about later, Pissy Miles? Maybe you could bitch and moan at like one of the many figurines in your house instead of all of our listeners. Just pick a Joker. I know we have so many Jokers. We have so many. There's at least two in this room. Uh, there's another two in the other room. Uh, there's one in the bedroom. Oh, no, he's a Riddler. There's a Riddler in the bedroom. Also, David. (laughs) (laughs) Am I starting another rant? No, it's not a rant. It's not a rant. I love my husband very much. But I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but David uh, bought this. And I will say it is a beautiful piece of artwork. artwork. Someone painted on wood. Mm-hmm. The Wolfman. Okay. The classic universal Wolfman. Yeah. And uh, did it in these like kind of f- not funk. They're not funky colors, but it has like a lot of like blue and red in it. So it's like really cool and, and very graphic. Um, And then cut it out. So we have like a giant. It's like two feet by two feet uh, cut out of the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. And it is hanging over the television that faces our bed in our bedroom. <laughs> so there will be times I'm... And it's like when the lights are on, it's very mm-hmm. cool to look at. It's like a cool piece of artwork. But then when you turn the lights off and lay in bed, all you can really see is the shape of what appears to be a head at the end of the bed. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you want to give me nightmares? <laughs> It's like when he when he's not home, like if he spends the night either at his parents or like if he travels for work or something mm-hmm. and I'm home alone, I literally like <laughs> I have a a humidifier with a nightlight mm-hmm. that I have to sleep with because the fucking wolfman is so creepy. It's, it feels like someone's standing at the end of the bed all night <laughs> watching me. And I'm like, it's Jesus very paranormal Christ. Activity. It is. The wolfman's just standing there like shaking over, <laughs> over my bed. Um, do you have any artwork that freaks you out in your in your house? I know you have artwork that freaks out your cats. <laughs> I don't know if I call it artwork, but certainly s- statues. Yeah, no, um, not really. No, no, nothing that creeps you out. No, I've pretty much cultivated the items in my home to not scare me. Does it ever creep? Have you ever been home alone and gotten creeped out? Uh, yes, actually, um, fairly recently, because Sarah went to the store when I was researching the Golden State Killer, and I was the only one in the house. Was it nighttime? Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> choices. Yeah. 
and I'm sitting at my kitchen table and right behind my kitchen table, there's windows on mm. two sides of my kitchen table. There and are. I was sitting in a chair with my back to one of them. And it's it's a window that faces out onto the porch. So I'm sitting here reading about this guy that breaks into houses and like... I know the, exactly the window the, you're talking the about. The fucking like least secure part of my house is, is directly right behind, behind me. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just in here going like, this is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? I don't know if there's a spot in your house I would want to be alone at night in researching the Golden State Killer. I mean, my bedroom feels feels pretty fine. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's nice in there. My office would probably be fine. You have that giant, like, window, though, in your office. That's true. Anyone could just be standing out there looking at you. <laughs> Yes, but I keep the blinds drawn. At oh, all you have time. blinds on it. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> maybe office then. Yeah, no, the office is nice. Um, Basement. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has an unfinished stone basement. <laughs> Literally like a castle dungeon. <laughs> I mean, I've done research down there before. Um, At night. Yeah. And it didn't bother you. No. Your basement creeps me out. My basement doesn't creep me out at all, actually. Really? I don't know what it is. Well, I used to have it before it was I, your office, before yeah. I made my office. My office was downstairs. So I guess I just got used to it. But like, yeah, no, it doesn't creep me out. What made you move upstairs? Um, Winter. <laughs> because I would have to wear like sweaters and a coat down to use my computer. Hmm. And that was just no longer an option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I like your office now. If I had an office like your office, I would use it all the time. Yeah, no, I enjoy it. You know, I should get a house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> uh, no, he he has heard this many times. Uh, yeah, I I would love to have an office like your office. It would be very, it would be nice and relaxing. I imagine I'd probably get a lot of writing done too if I lived in your office. <laughs> I mean, I don't live in my office. Don't you entirely? <laughs> All the time. Um, no, I tend to work at the kitchen table, too. So, Really? Yeah. Oh, if I had your office, I would never work anywhere else. I think it's just occasionally, like, I need noise, and there's no noise in there. Really? So, like, especially when I'm, like, working on something that I need to figure out, sometimes I need ambient noise, and if I'm sitting in the kitchen, it's like the cats are scampering around, and Sarah's talking on the phone, and, like... For some reason, it and the Golden State Killer is centers me. The window behind you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but for some reason, it centers me. And like, if I'm in my office, like I cannot edit anywhere but in my office because I need complete silence to do that. But you like, have very particular emotions about writing. <laughs> I just have. She's like, habits. it's Tuesday at four. I have to go on the roof. Why does no one understand this? No, I just there. There are certain things that. That help me in certain things that hurt me. And mm -hmm. when I'm editing, I need a gong and a raven. Why does no one understand? <laughs> no. no, but I love my office. But yeah, no, I don't spend like every minute of every day in it. That's fair. I I cannot write under any circumstances with a lot of noise. That's it, fair. It is very difficult for me. I. When I'm like when I'm writing shows, like when I wrote the Christmas Wish, mm -hmm. I wrote it only at night, and I wrote it in 
my my drag room, which is also David's office, with the door closed and no music playing. Okay. Because it was even if David was sleeping and I still mm-hmm. didn't it was like I just wanted complete silence. I can't I need to focus on like what I'm writing, especially when I'm writing dialogue because it's like I'm thinking like I'm having a conversation and if something is distracting me from the conversation, I find it to be uh, really, really detrimental. Okay. No, that's that's totally fair. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with dialogue, so I don't... Really? Yeah, no, dialogue comes pretty easily to me. It's other things that... I mean, it, I, I don't want to say it doesn't come easy to me, but... It, it, I write scripts, so it's all dialogue, Yeah, you know, uh, and it's about figuring out how to make things move in a way that is, uh, that can be done with mm-hmm. like words and action <laughs> <laughs> and not necessarily narration. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we, yes, but anyway, we did not come here today to discuss writing or uh, sound bars or any of the other things I complained about. I can't even remember what they were. <laughs> They're all gone now. You I vented feel like them. I just needed to get them out. You purred That's them. really what... Apple. Apple yeah. was one of them. Steve yes. Jobs. <laughs> um, we did not come here to talk about those things today. Today, we came to discuss one of my favorite legends. Mm-hmm. It is an East Coast legend that has become kind of an international one, I think. Mm-hmm. It is a story that is, at this point, classic. It is beloved. It has been through many iterations. It is entertaining. It is spooky. It is scary. It is, uh, depending on the iteration, a bit witchy. It (laughs) It is creepy. It is downright creepy. And it is so much fun. Today, we are doing a deep dive into the story and the lore of the Headless Horseman. And I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite, favorite stories. Um, it is it is based on a, a book called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. And uh, I know you did a, a ton of research on <clears throat> I this. Did. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to impede on any of your research. So I, I, it, are you ready? Uh, yeah. Basically what I thought we would do is we would do a brief retelling of the story just in case there's anyone who hasn't heard it. I love that. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I found some other stuff online that is not Legend of Sleepy Hollow directly related, but has to do with the Headless Horseman. Okay. So. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, we are generally discussing the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but. We are also discussing the cultural effect of the Headless Horseman and the many iterations of this story. Yes. Okay. So The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a story written in 1820 by Washington Irving. It takes place in the 1790s in the Dutch settlement of Terrytown, New York. Have you ever been to Terrytown? I have not. I've driven past it like a hundred times. Me too. And I've never, never I've never stopped. I know Kathy Kelly has been many times and loves it, loves the folklore of the mm-hmm. uh, the Headless Horseman. And the Headless Horseman still to this day in Tarrytown, New York, is like a huge, huge deal. Like yeah. local legend, everybody loves him. Yes. Um, so in the story, 
the town is said to be unusually like highly haunted with spirits and ghosts and goblins and shit. Um, <laughs> the residents are highly superstitious and believe in witchcraft and all of that stuff. The chiefest of the ghosts is the headless horseman, who is the spirit of a Hessian soldier decapitated by a cannonball during a battle of the American Revolution. What a day. Yeah, he had a little headache. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little headache. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So anyway, the story goes, the town schoolmaster, Ichabod Crane, comes to Sleepy Hollow from Connecticut. He's from Connecticut, and that should tell that you all everything. you need to yeah. know. <laughs> um, and immediately begins courting Katrina Van Tassel, the daughter of a wealthy citizen. He has a rival for her Baltus, depending on the, yes. the story you're listening to. I think it is actually technically Baltus Van Tassel. Like, mm-hmm. I think it is. That is canonical. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, <clears throat> he has a rival for her affections, which is Brom Bones, who is the exact opposite of Ichabod in every way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brom plays a few tricks on Ichabod, trying to get him to be like, trying to get him to fight him, but nothing works. Yeah. Um, so one night at a harvest festival, Ichabod proposes to Katrina, but she turns him down. Way harsh tie. Way harsh tie. Um, Ichabod goes to ride home alone in disgrace. He meets another rider on the road and is immediately creeped out by the rider's quote-unquote eerie size and manner. Um, Then he notices that the rider's head is not on his shoulders but is attached to his saddle. Ichabod panics like you do and immediately begins to ride for the the bridge next to the old burying ground, a bridge that the horseman cannot cross. He makes it over the bridge. But then turns back to look, which is a stupid thing to do. Yeah, don't do do that. that. Everyone who who has ever been in a horror movie knows you don't do that. No. Well, everyone who survived one anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And this is questionable. Um, The horseman throws his head at Ichabod and hits him in the head. Ichabod falls from his horse, and then the narration cuts out, coming back in a postscript, which says that the only thing they ever found of Ichabod Crane was his trampled hat, his horse's saddle, and a mysterious smashed pumpkin. It is left ambiguous as to what actually happened to Ichabod, whether it was really the horseman or Brahm in disguise. Mm. And that is the Legend of Sleepy Hollow in short. The abridged, abridged version. The abridged, abridged Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Mm. The short, short version. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, the story has been adapted many times, including a 1922 silent film titled The Headless Horseman. Really? Yes. Um, I've never seen that, have you? I have not seen the silent film. <laughs> I would love to watch the silent film. I wonder... I don't know where on earth you would find it. Oh, we're going to find it. Okay. It's on YouTube. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's somebody putting silent films on YouTube. But um, it's also been made into a cartoon, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, a Disney production that came out in 1949 the best one which is a mostly accurate if watered down version so it can be family friendly um obviously the headless horseman does not throw his head at ichabod he throws a pumpkin a pumpkin yes um the 1999 movie sleepy hollow directed by tim burton this one takes some liberties with the original story just a few (laughs) 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 one or two all kinds of crazy shit happening in the tim burton version um, there was a TV show called Sleepy Hollow, which premiered in 2013 and ran for four seasons. It was sort of a supernatural police procedural starring a time-traveling Ichabod Crane. I actually watched the first season. It wasn't bad. Really? Yeah. I've n- I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Um, it was. It was a little strange. It was kind of trying a little bit too hard to be like the X Files and that sort of supernatural cop procedural. Like it was. It was trying a little too hard. 
Mm. Um, and the headless horseman does not show up immediately. So it's like, why bother? What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there have been five musicals adapted from this story, none of which were terribly successful. I can't imagine why. I can't believe that you would give the headless horseman an aria. I don't know how you would do that ventrilo- ventriloquism bullshit. He's just standing there. <laughs> and they're like, nobody knows what you're saying. No one knows. <laughs> There is also perhaps the most notably the Smurfs, the legend of Smurfy Hollow. What? <laughs> there is a Smurfs version of this story. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> nope. There is a Smurfs version of the legend of Sleepy Hollow, which I'm sure you can watch somewhere. Um, really? <laughs> so anyway. I'm looking this up <laughs> you're looking immediately up the <laughs> after this. Um. Also. Yeah. According to JustWatch.com, The Headless Horseman 1922 is available on Paramount+. Plus. For real? Yes. You're shitting me. I'm not, and I'm watching it tonight. Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+. Plus Is carrying silent movies? I guess at least this one. Okay. According to JustWatch.com, I cannot say when you like if you're listening to this in the future or if if (laughs) i can't even vouch for the we're coming to you from the past (laughs) (laughs) sorry i can't i can't vouch for the veracity of of this website (laughs) but according to justwatch.com it is streaming now on paramount plus okay now as in uh august 22nd no 23rd yeah uh no 26th Sixth. <laughs> One, August, three, five. <laughs> August 26, 2021. It is streaming on Paramount Plus. Yes. Okay. I can't even believe that. I'm going to watch it immediately after we're done. <laughs> the Legend of Sleepy Hollow has had a profound impact on the area of New York in which it's set. North Tarrytown officially changed its name to Sleepy Hollow in 1997. Mm. There is a statue along Route 9 in this area of the horseman chasing Ichabod. They put is a giant really? fuck off statue next to the highway. Oh my God, we need to go. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, I need to see this. The whole area takes Halloween very seriously. Activities include a jack-o'-lantern blaze, film festival, cemetery and ghost tours, haunted hayrides, and a reenactment of the legend. Why have we never done this? We only live like an hour from there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, this probably isn't the year to go, but I'm totally down in the future. I would go this year. I mean, most of it's outside. That's what I'm saying. It's outside. Like, I'll wear my mask. I'll, I'll stay six feet apart. I will go. I would love to go see the jack-o'-lantern blaze. That would be freaking sweet. Yes. I want a jack-o'-lantern blaze, and I want headless people running around. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is where we depart from the legend a little bit, because I went down a research rabbit hole and lost my way. I'm very intrigued to see where this took you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the headless horseman... She's like, so megalodon. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he is real. (laughs) And he is a headless horseman in Tarrytown, New York. (laughs) A shark. Headless. Sorry. We told you. Everyone Everyone told told you. you. (laughs) One of the best quotes from that entire movie. A horseman. Headless. We told you. Everyone told you. It's like the way he says it to him, he's like, idiot. (laughs) 
I cannot tell you how many times I have thought that in situations where like someone's like, I can't believe this is like, I told you about five minutes ago. That's exactly <laughs> what was going to happen. <laughs> you dumb I bitch. just thought of what <laughs> meme we're releasing with this episode. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, the Headless Horseman is not solely an American ghost. In fact, there is strong evidence that Irving based the story on German folklore as he read and spoke German himself. I mean, he he was a Hessian soldier. Yes. Yes, he was. There are two Brothers Grimm stories that feature a Headless Horseman, one in which a woman gathering food in the woods hears a horn blare behind her and turns to find a man in a gray coat atop a horse without a head. Really? Yes. What happens next? That's the end of the story, I believe. That's a, or at least that was the end of the story ending. where I found it. Um. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> the end. <laughs> like, oh fuck. <laughs> Do you know the way to San Jose? <laughs> and then the story's over. <laughs> and that's what you get for gathering acorns in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Another features the wild huntsman who blows his horn to warn hunters of impending accidents. He is said to have six black hunting hounds with tongues of fire. What kind of accidents? Like he just follows Dick Cheney around. I don't understand. <laughs> I do think it's supposed to be things along those lines. <laughs> They're like, Dick, stop shooting. But up up. Okay, so this anyone is, who's <laughs> under thirty doesn't get that no, joke, but they it's don't, but very. It's fine. That is a great joke. We just pulled, and the you should all go look up Dick Cheney hunting. <laughs> you can find it at dickhunting.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If you're below the age of eighteen, don't go to dickhunting.com. Honestly, if you're above the age of eighteen, <laughs> I don't know what kind of fetish that fits into. <laughs> Dick hunting. <laughs> With like a paintball gun? Sure. I don't I don't think I think it's more of a metaphorical hunt. I'm 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 sure. <laughs> I would certainly hope so because the alternative is frightening. I wonder if that website really exists. <laughs> it probably does. There's a part of me that wants to find out, but I'm not typing that if into it, my browser. You know what? I'm gonna say this right now. If the domain dickhunter.com doesn't exist, yeah. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> And I'm going to turn it into an arcade game where you play Dick Cheney and you have to shoot other members of Congress. And they fly up like in Duck Hunt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure Mitch McConnell makes that noise. So (laughs) yeah, because of his turkey neck. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is where things went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> this is where things went off the rails. <laughs> because, see, I found this thing that I had no idea existed, but now I need to share with the world. So, in addition to the German and American folklore, Ireland, mm. whose mythology always has to be the creepiest and a little fucking extra. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be really dark and really horrifying. Has the Doolahan. I've heard of this. Good because I hadn't. Really? At all. Yeah. I I don't really I I don't know why I've heard of it. G- continue. Continue. Okay. So the Doolahan is a headless rider, it can be male or female, who mm-hmm. rides on a black horse and carries their head under their arm. 
They're described as having a hideous smile that stretches from ear to ear and small dark eyes that flick back and forth scanning the countryside for their next victim. Hmm. Legend says that they can see into the darkest of nights through walls and doors for miles. The head also glows and is used as a lantern when held aloft. Jesus. You know, there's a lot of imagery there that I think... I really wouldn't be surprised if that was some of the inspiration for the imagery associated with the Headless Horseman. I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, I can't imagine it was just German folklore that Washington Irving had No, and especially like the idea of carrying the head under the arm and having a glowing head always turns into a a um, jack-o'-lantern. Riding the big black horse. Mm -hmm. Like it searching endlessly for its next victim, you know, especially in, in the legend of sleepy hollow, the infamous, uh, Disney one. Mm -hmm. You're never really given a a definite reason. I don't think for why the headless horseman chooses who he does. Nope. It's just, you were in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Yeah. He's just a specter. Yep. Um, if you watch sleepy hollow, it's very, it's it's a bit more, nuanced targeted yeah (laughs) there's some there's some stuff at play there yeah um so anyway with the doulahan the head is supposed to look like moldy cheese the doulahan wields a human spine for a whip suddenly things have taken a turn (laughs) i was like okay i'm with you and then it's like oh irish folklore is like it's like a fucking metal band. And then, okay. <laughs> it's Metalocalypse. Metalocalypse. Over on the, uh, on the island. <laughs> but anyway, in some versions of the legend, the Doolahan drives a great black carriage that is covered in human skin and whose wheels are made of human bones. It is adorned with skulls with candles inside. The carriage is drawn by six black horses who are occasionally headless themselves and ride so fast that they set grass and bushes on fire as they go by. Hmm. That, that's a thing. You know, I gotta say, mm-hmm. having started the episode the way I did, yeah, I think if I was going to be some otherworldly specter, mm-hmm. I'd want to be a Doolahan. <laughs> <laughs> Just charging aimlessly through the Irish countryside, <laughs> screaming about sound bars. <laughs> Lighting everything on fire and beheading people. This is literally my dream. The belief is that when the Doolahan stops riding, it will call out a person's name and that person will drop dead immediately. As the Anyone Doolahan... anywhere? Well, in, in theory, it has to stop near the person. Can we send it to Washington? <laughs> Four years ago? <laughs> Somewhere... <clears throat> Uh, Kathy Griffin is like, just like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Kathy Griffin was just a doula hand. Maybe. That would, that would not surprise me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) She is apparently making uh, a very strong recovery from her lung cancer. Good. Uh, diagnosis. So I know she had surgery to have lung transplants and is, uh, apparently doing better. So. Much love to Kathy Griffin. I keep wanting to say Kathy Kelly. And I'm like, it's not Kathy Kelly. <laughs> okay, so the Doolahan shouts people's names. They drop dead immediately. <laughs> and the Doolahan claims their soul to take to the underworld. It is said to ride particularly often on feasts and festival days at the end of August and early September. Can't imagine which ones they mean. 
So to our Irish <laughs> listeners, please be careful for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, d- uh, <laughs> definitely don't go out at night if you see a glowing cheesy head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way to bar the Dullahan. All locks and gates will open on its approach. It is said that when it's riding, the best course of action is to stay home and shut your drapes. As if you see a Dullahan, it will throw blood at you or strike out one of your eyes with its whip. With its whip? With it's its, gonna knock out your eyes with a whip. spine? Yeah. <laughs> That's precision. <laughs> He's very talented. <laughs> I love that they're like, don't even bother locking the door, because the doors will open for him. <laughs> In addition to being unpleasant, this also marks you as one of his next victims. If he hits you with <laughs> If blood. he hits you with the blood or with the whip, yeah. Mm. It, and But he only does that if you try to stop him. No, if you see him. Oh. If you, like, look at a Dullahan for too long, you're going to lose an eye. But I want to see him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can only see him from the back. I don't know. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I'm just hiding just in the grass. Hiding in a <laughs> <laughs> I'm he peering from the grass. He rides by and lights me on fire. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's that fucking gif of Homer backing into the grass. <laughs> Okay, and lastly, the only way to protect yourself from the Dullahan is to carry with you a gold coin or other golden object. Mm. The fairy has a terrible... Like pure gold or golden colored? Pure gold. Mm. It's got to be actual gold. This is dangerous. The fairy tale... The fairy tale. The fairy has a terrible fear of gold and will flee when presented with it or having it tossed in its Fairy? Yes, it's a dark fairy. That's what the Dullahan is. It's big for a fairy. Yes. (laughs) It's a large fairy. It's a bear. A large fairy. It's a bear. (laughs) But yeah, no, so that's the duel. He rides up, he's like, girl, you're dead. <laughs> it's actually Streetcar Named Desire. He just rides up, Stella. <laughs> and then Stella drops dead. So, so Stella. He's just been killing every Stella in America. They're like, do you hear? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> Somebody wake up. St- oh, no. But yeah, no, that's the doula hand. That is the rabbit hole that I fell down. I kind I was, of love I this. researching the, the headless horseman. You know, there's a small part of me that wishes our favorite Irish historian was here to talk about this because I think she knows a lot about the doula hand. <laughs> Probably. Kathy Kelly, the, yes. the, the alternate Kathy. <laughs> The one I kept wanting to say, and I think probably for good reason in this episode, mm-hmm. probably has a very good understanding of the Dullahan. And so I would love to get Kathy Kelly's take on the Dullahan. I would love to get Patty Kiernan's take on the Dullahan mm. as well, because Patty knows a lot of a lot of Irish folklore. Well, so. maybe one of these days we'll bring <clears throat> her around to chat with us. Yes, I think we should. <laughs> But yeah, no, so I was supposed to be researching the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and I did. But then, I mean, in the Wikipedia article, it was like, there's also the Doolan. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Doolan? <laughs> it's a chicken that draws. No, that's a doodle hen. <laughs> Damn it. But yeah, no, the Doolan is now like my new favorite thing. So like... <laughs> I kind of want like a statue of a Doolan. I kind of do too. Also, apparently, completely random side note, it didn't even make it into my notes. In anime, the Dullahan is apparently very popular. <laughs> as <Why>? like, 
I don't know. It's it's not really explained, but in anime and manga, the Doolahan shows up a lot, and it's called a Doolahan. So huh. in manga, in manga and anime, isn't manga the sexy one? No, it's not necessarily sexy. Oh, what's the sexy one? Uh, I don't fucking know. I can't remember what it's called. It's like anime porn. What's it yeah. called? I thought it was just hentai. called anime porn. <clears throat> no, oh, it's okay. called hentai. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, for all I know, the dual hand shows up in that too. <laughs> Rule 34. I'm headless. <laughs> Wanna give me head? But I'm bummed. My God, he's hung like a big black horse. Uh, so anyway, we <laughs> we are doing the story of of the uh, the headless horseman. So I don't think I don't think the Doolahan. I I don't think that that's an unreasonable story. I think any no. of the folklore applies here. Yes. So, do you have a favorite uh, a favorite uh, iteration? Of the story of the Headless Horseman? I mean, as far as The Legend of Sleepy Hollow goes, I think my favorite is um, <clears throat> The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Mm. Um, I think that the cartoon is A, the most faithful to the story, mm-hmm. and B, just so Halloween-y that it's just so enjoyable. <laughs> it is so fucking spooky. Yeah. It's like, we have said this many times on the podcast, but <clears throat> the animation in that movie... I think came at a time when adults weren't afraid to scare the shit out of children. <laughs> and so I think we need to get back to there. I think we do too. I think that I think we need to I start think we scaring a, children. We would be a stronger society. <laughs> scared the shit out of little children once a year. Yeah. And I think I think children's movies should be scary. Yeah, I mean they were for us and we turned out fine. We turned out great. <laughs> Clearly. If you've listened to this podcast, you have to agree with that statement. I will agree. I think my favorite iteration is definitely The Legend of Sleepy Hollow via uh, The Adventures of Ichabod Crane and Mr. Toad. However, for a slightly more campy take, yeah, I really do appreciate Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is a fun movie. It's it's not in any way faithful to the story. No, not in any way. In almost any way, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I I find Tim Burton kind of hit or miss, but Sleepy Hollow is is a hit for me. It's a hit for me. Um, watch your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best moments of the movie. <laughs> It's just a throwaway line. <laughs> Part of me almost wonders if she improvised it. I kind of hope she did, to be perfectly honest. I, I hope that she improvised that line. I know. I feel like she couldn't have, though, because the way the shot was set up, there's no way that like yeah. she wasn't supposed to say something as they were running in. Yeah. No. And even, like, I like that... T- I, I think Tim Burton's spookiness fits this story. It does. It's very gothic. Yeah. And... And and the witch in the woods, like that mm-hmm. was really creepy and and spooky. I love Ray Park as the headless horseman. Mm-hmm. I think that he does a really great job. 
And I like the whole like conspiracy element yeah. of the story. It like kind of makes it feel colonial. Yeah. <laughs> because the the colonists were so fucking wacky. <clears throat> Especially at this time. <laughs> <laughs> In this time period, they were a bit wacky. But I will also say, there is a version I've always wanted to watch. Is there a version that you've heard of that you have never seen? I don't think so. There is one version that I have always wanted to watch. Okay. And I have never had the opportunity to watch it. And it is... Uh, I, I don't know if it's called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, but it is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow starring... Jeff Goldblum as Ichabod Crane. (laughs) And that sounds phenomenal. (laughs) I think tonight I'm just going to watch every Every iteration iteration of The The Legend of Sleepy Hollow because I really do love this story. It's so much fun and it, it in a strange way is like whimsical. Do you know what I I mean? I can see where you're coming from. I think there's something so fantastical about it that it speaks to the part of me that loves an otherworldly kind of inexplicable ghost story. Yeah. but And it appeals to that kind of like traditional ghost story that I like. Like I like anything that feels like old timey and antique. Mm-hmm. And so... An antique ghost story is like right up my fucking alley. <laughs> From the 1820s. <clears throat> it's it's so great. And like, I just, I, I, I think, I find the Headless Horseman to be horrifying. It is a scary concept. It's scary. And he, the imagery is scary. The story is scary. I, I don't think it's even meant as some kind of a moral story. Not I really. I think, you know, it's, I like that it's just an old creepy story somebody was like yeah we're gonna write a a book and it's gonna be a horror story (laughs) and 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 washington irving was like yeah get this i'm gonna scare the shit out of you motherfuckers (laughs) and he did he did and it's it's still going strong 200 years later oh easily are we 200 years later yeah because it would be 1920 and then 2020 wow that's horrifying. Yeah, this is a 200-year-old story. How amazing that could you imagine writing something that was so prolific that it withstood that kind of a test of time? Frankly, no. I can't either. I can't imagine what I would do that would be remembered so lovingly as this story. Yeah, no, I can't fathom a story having that kind of staying power. Have you ever read the book? Yeah, I think I had to read it in school. Uh, it was I one of those, oh, it's Halloween and it's English mm, class, so here we're going to read The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, I was not required to read it in school, and uh, I have never read it. Maybe that's, I, I have an Audible credit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> maybe maybe my next, my next audiobook is uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Although, I almost, well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Okay. Remind me that remind me that I have something to tell you about Audible credits and the, the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Okay, but um, I do want to I do want to read the story because I think um I've I've come to love this character so much that 
it it feels almost like I'm missing out on the best part by not having read the story. You know, it's a good story. Like, I enjoyed it. Do you remember the first time you encountered this story? Yeah, it was definitely when I was very small. We were watching the cartoon. The cartoon was yeah. your first exposure. Definitely. I think it was probably mine as well. I think followed shortly by Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. When they had a Headless Horseman episode, which was surprisingly decent. Yeah, no, that was a good episode. <clears throat> um, we reviewed that in one of our Are You Afraid of the Dark minisodes, which you can check out at patreon.com slash my spooky gay family. And <laughs> ding, ding. She's going to get it in any time she can. I, I do. I like this story mostly because there's an element of like helplessness. Okay. I think everyone's been walking down a street alone at night mm-hmm. and wondered what might be looking back at them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's And a- that's how this story feels to me. Except it's like 10 times creepier because it's colonial and you're in the woods. So it's like, <laughs> <clears throat> I I think there's something to be said for the kind of universal fear of having to brave your way through the dark yeah no ichabod had a had a rough night he did have a rough night (laughs) (laughs) but i also think like don't you ever feel that way when you're when you're consuming stories like this it's like wow i can't believe i'm afraid of the same thing that someone was afraid of in 1820 i have to admit i hadn't thought about it that much but now that you say it isn't it kind of like a I think, again, because we were talking, I can't remember if we were talking about this in the minisode or this episode, but we were talking about walking through cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of part of what appeals to me about this story is there's something more tangible and more universal about the idea that, like, there is some kind of, like, distinct connection between me and someone who existed hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see it. Don't uh, are there things that make you feel that way? I think I think in a weird way I try not to think about it. Why is that? Because it it sort of begs the question that in a couple hundred years there will be someone thinking about about my time, mm. which means I will be dead. So, as someone with a crippling fear of her own mortality, Mm. um, it's not a pleasant thought. (laughs) I suppose not. But I I will say, it might be the only thing that makes me feel any better about my mortality. Is that, like, it's that whole idea of, like, well, everlasting life is being remembered. Right. You know what I mean? That whole, that rift common thread of human experience and all that yeah and so maybe there's something about this story that brings me comfort because of that Mm -hmm. it's like here's washington irving who otherwise would have been totally forgotten well he also wrote rip van winkle so well but you know what i mean otherwise in the sense that like most people from the 1800s are not really thought about anymore True. But it's like, here is this guy who wrote this story that is so prolific that he is still 
referenced and celebrated and thought of hundreds of years later. And in my opinion, there's no indication that that story will stop being told. I don't think it will. I think um, I think it's probably going to stick around for at least another hundred years. At least. I, I can't imagine that people will get tired of this story. I mean, assuming climate change doesn't kill us all within that time. Well, there's that too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the headless horseman won't be the only thing lighting the grass on fire. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's why I love this story. It spooks me, but it also comforts me in a weird way Mm -hmm. and i like that i think it's why i feel such an affinity for places like tarrytown because it's like look at this tiny little town in new york that continues to celebrate this amazing story and it will and it it as long as tarrytown is there it will never be forgotten nope at least not in new york but you know what i mean like even it it kind of goes back to what we were saying i think it was last week or the week before about coco Where it's like, spirits continue to live in the afterlife because they are remembered by someone on Earth, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, that's kind of what this story is. It's like, the, the memory of this person makes them everlasting because their story continues to affect people. And I like that. It it brings me comfort and i would love to go to tarrytown at halloween and to experience that celebration i love the idea of seeing the jack-o'-lantern uh blaze yeah no it sounds really fun i would love to go how does it work did you did you do much research on it i didn't really um my understanding is that they get hundreds of jack-o'-lanterns light the candles and you walk through them but it's all is is it just like a field I think so. I don't really know how it works. I've never I've never heard much about it. But it I will say that if you go to hudsonvalley.org, they have a a section called the Great Jack-o'-lantern Blaze. Um and uh, I, if you don't mind, I'll I'll read it. No, it says um the Hudson Valley's most electrifying fall happening. Hudson Valley is one of my favorite places, by the way. That's where Beacon is, and it, I perform there all the time. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, part of New York. Um, they say, meander through an 18th century landscape and discover the breathtaking display of more than 7,000 illuminated jack-o'-lanterns, all designed and hand-carved on-site by our team of artisans. New for 2021, gawk at the always impressive New York City skyline's pumpkin treatment and take a stroll under the sea in our immersive river display. Shit. Complete with synchronized lighting and original soundtrack, this one-of-a-kind event is not to be missed. Sounds fun. Huh. I wonder... I wonder... uh, if we could go this year, I would love to see the Jack Lantern Blaze. If you look up photos, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, it's really, really gorgeous. Um, they do all kinds of cool things. They they make statues, they make like out of pumpkins. I wish I could I wish I could show you all, <laughs> but it's a podcast. Um, so it, definitely check look up um Tarrytown Jack-o'-lantern Blaze, the great Jack-o'-lantern Blaze of Tarrytown. It is so beautiful and again it just kind of speaks to that thing we love about halloween where it's like that 
atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And Hudson Valley is the place to go for atmosphere, especially at Halloween or Christmas. Basically, the second half of the year is Tarrytown's to take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you consider this story a Halloween story? I do. Um, I think especially considering that the climax of it takes place after a harvest festival. That's what I was going to say. I was like, more than anything, it almost feels like a Halloween story just because it takes place on some kind of, you know, uh, holiday that is comparable to Halloween or Samhain. Yeah. I think it's actually probably more comparable to Samhain, if I'm being honest, as a a harvest Mm -hmm. festival and a a festival of um, remembrance. But I... I do definitely consider this a Halloween story, although it's kind of a universal story. It I don't think it needs to be Halloween for me to enjoy it. No. So I'm I'm gonna call it a Halloween story for all year. <laughs> <laughs> a horseman for all seasons. A horseman for all seasons. That's a new that's another version of the story we need to write. <laughs> Uh, unless I'm forgetting something, I think that's I think that's it for the Headless Horseman, no? Yeah, I think we hit everything. What would you do if you ran into a Headless Horseman? Die immediately. You don't, you, you don't think you could get away? No, I don't think I could get away. I think I could get away. My fat ass can't run. Well, we're presuming if we're running into a Headless Horseman, we're on a horse. I mean, possibly... On a horse? It would have to be a very fast horse. It would have to be a very strong horse. <laughs> because I am I am quite a burden to carry. <laughs> uh, but yes, I do think... I think I could get away. I'm very motivated by fear. <laughs> and so... Meanwhile, I, I'm going to start carrying gold on my person just in fucking case. Honestly, I, I was going to say that before and I was like, this is literally just an invitation for someone to mug me. But... <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a single gold coin one single gold coin like i'm a leprechaun <laughs> if you, like if, i'm a broke leprechaun, a broke leprechaun. <laughs> where's me gold <laughs> oh that's it <laughs> just the one. Oh my goodness uh yeah so i think that's it for the headless horseman uh if we are missing any of the folklore, please let us know. We'd love to hear your stories. And if you have been to Tarrytown, especially for the great Jack-O-Lantern Blaze, please let us know. We'd love to hear your stories. Otherwise, we'll be back on Monday on patreon.com slash family with a brand new mini-sode. And we'll be back next week for the next week of the 13 weeks of Halloween. So until then, stay spoopy and remember... My 
My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, produced by Disney and distributed by RKO Pictures 1949. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.